Well, I feel like part of the family here. It's always exciting to come and to see you, and you've gotten so much better looking than the last time I saw you. You continue to grow, and uh, I'm just so encouraged, too, that my, my number one fan is with me and uh, my mom, and uh, so, so much fun. We, we rode up today from her house, and uh, she just allowed me to talk for an hour, so I've pretty much gotten most of the sermon out today, so don't, don't worry and don't sweat it. We'll have a good time here together. Um, my wife is not with us. I did, though, however, give her uh, the best Mother's Day present she could ever give. Uh, she's had it now ongoing for about 11 years. I think we've got a picture of it. These three, I mean, how can you outdo that? I can't outdo that, right? So why even try every year? So today she gets to spend the whole day with them, and uh, goodness gracious, I get a break. So I'm really excited. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I, I'm honestly, honestly thankful. Now, the, the, the little guy there, put the little guy back up there. I want to tell you a little bit about him. Uh, the little guy, is, uh, he's three years old. Or, no, he's not. He's two years old. I can't keep track of time. I haven't had much sleep. He, he, uh, he, he had done something this past week in preschool and had pinched a little kid. And so I came up to him and I said, I, Lisa said he pinched somebody that had to go to timeout day in preschool. And so I got down uh, right at his eye level and I got as stern as I could get and serious. And I said, son, let me tell you something. We do not pinch and I couldn't get out the sentence he just goes <laughs> right dead on my lips and I, <laughs> Lisa just busts out like behind him and I'm trying to keep that straight face and I'm thinking to myself your mama taught you that trick didn't she because <laughs> it works every time with her and so he's got a lot of training to do. You know, she spends a whole lot more time with him than I do, and so we've got a lot of work to do. Today is Mother's Day. We want to say a special, special greeting to those who are, are mothers here with us today. Uh, if you are not, um, don't worry. The scripture still has a word for you. You just got to stay with me to the very end. And uh, I want to look in scripture today in 1 Samuel chapter 1. If you'll turn with me there, uh, we won't follow all of these verses, but we will look at this together. Um, and your homework assignment today will be just to go and refresh yourself with this story. A beautiful story of a godly mother, and uh, it's very challenging even to us. Now, um, the lady's name was Hannah, and uh, her husband was not a bad guy, but he did have two wives. So, in Old Testament culture, this was actually not, um, not uncommon. However, the way God designed it was something different because of the hardness of their hearts. Um, they had multiple wives at times. He had two wives. One of his wives had children, and Hannah did not. And uh, in this story, as we begin to read and look, uh, Hannah will um, beg the Lord that she might be able to, to have a child. There it says, um, as we look into the scripture together, um, we see a woman who goes up to the house of her Lord, and her rival provokes her till she weeps and she would not eat and uh, she was she was praying diligently and just an anguish that she would have a child and then uh, her husband Elkanah in verse 8 says this Hannah why are you weeping why don't you eat why are you downhearted don't I mean more to you than 10 sons by the way the answer is no guys okay <laughs> <laughs> That just struck me this morning as I was reading it. I was thinking, 
Hannah was probably like, yeah, pretty much, but not really. So once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up and Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple in bitterness of soul. Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. Father, as we look into your scripture today, I just pray that you might have a word for us, uh, that you might teach us something as we look into the lives of um, Hannah and Samuel and just pray, Lord, that you might Uh, convict us, but also, Lord, that you might encourage us and challenge us during these times. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The the, the first thing I want you to understand is that a godly mother prays and fasts. Uh, It's pretty common here uh, with Hannah that she is in anguish of soul, and she is pouring out her heart to the point where she would not even eat in begging the Lord that she might have a son. Be specific about your prayers. As you pray, not only for your children, um, but also for other things within this community, be specific about your prayers. In fact, as you look into your own um, prayer life for your children and for your grandchildren, you know, ask yourself, how specific am I in my prayers? Sometimes I'll find myself just kind of going through a routine as I pray for my sons and, um, and realize that if, if I just do general prayers, I end up seeing general results, and God doesn't get the full glory in my life as I'm able to give him the credit uh, for what he is doing through my boys. My mom has walked over 24,901 miles. In fact, this is remarkably the distance around the entire earth, and she did it in chunks of three miles a day for decades. I did the math. I'm an engineer major. I did the math, and it was just astounding to me at how far she's walked. And, uh, and I walked with her probably at least, you know, 10 of those miles. And, um, <laughs> and she would wake up every morning at 4 a.m. Uh, she, would, she would walk on the treadmill uh, for an hour. Uh, she would uh, she would wash clothes, cook the meal. Uh, get, she would have everything prepared by 6 a.m. before she went and ran a school district in Williston. But what, what really strikes me with her treadmill is if you go to her treadmill, there is a just, I mean, it's almost like a, it's almost like a ground uh, zero uh, room where you would see strategy written up on the boards and it's all lists of people that she's praying for. Uh, there's never a doubt in my mind that uh, she has bathed me in prayer before I ever think about waking up in the morning. And I know that she hears my heart as we talk, and I know that she's praying specifically for things that's happening in my life. Um, I have other prayer warriors that pray for me, um, but if I want something laid before the feet of the the Savior, I know that I can call my mom, and she's going to do that. Be a mom that prays specifically for your children. Um, I want to read to you something that one individual wrote about his mother. He said, My mother and father didn't have much education, but my mother was a woman of God. She always had devotions with us. She always prayed with us. 
she always loved us and did so many things. As I look back now, out of the way, she was, and my father, when we were taken to Bible school. They wouldn't just drop us off. They actually stayed and went to an upper room at the building and knelt down every morning when we were in Bible school at 10 o'clock to pray for their son in Bible school. You may recognize the guy. His name's uh, Billy Graham. And he says that the number one influencer in his life was his mom. The second thing you need to understand about Hannah is that a godly mother gives up her child to the Lord. You see, after this occurrence here as he speaks to Eli, uh, Hannah miraculously conceives a child. And uh, when the time came, it says in Scripture in verse 24, for the, the child to be weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. Now, this was not uncommon to do this. However, you, when you dedicate your child to the Lord in that, you would end up bringing an offering, not the child which would actually be kind of a wild family dedication here, is that you would just bring your children and then just hand it to the pastoral staff and say, do something with us, let us know when they're done with their teenage years. You know? <laughs> well, in this particular instance, she brings the child and she brings the child to Eli. And she says to him, as surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord. You know, this is a a mom who gave up her child. She let him go. She let him go at a young age, probably three years old at this point in time. I couldn't imagine giving up my child into a a foster care system or Christian orphanage right now to raise up in the Lord and work alongside the priest there. She had faith in the fact that she wanted him to be a missionary. You see, um, something will change in you when you realize that you're not just raising a child that's going to be an upstanding citizen, is going to make money and be successful and be stable in life. Something changes when you realize you're raising a missionary, that you've been trusted, God's entrusted this child in your care, and it's, and it's your responsibility to raise a missionary. And probably the best way that that you do that is through encouragement. Because some of you, um, some of you need to, to, to cut the umbilical, umbilical cord, okay? Um, your baby's now 35 years old. It's time to let him, like, spread his wings and fly, okay? I pick and joke around with some of my wife's friends, and I'll say, does he honestly need a bike helmet to walk down the sidewalk to the friend's house? Honestly, does he need that? Not when he's riding the bike, when he's just walking over there. Well, he could trip on a crack on the way over there. Listen, listen. If you're raising sons, um, some of you need to, to really release them to be able to be the men that they're called to be. And in some instances, we, we don't feel like the umbilical cord's still attached. My, my dad, my grandmother used to always pick at my mom, and she said, and they'd tell her, that, listen, he's 30 years old, you need to cut it. You need to cut it. And uh, I told them, no, 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 I still need the encouragement. But see, here's the thing. You hold them back many times as they grow up, 
through discouragement. And you don't even know you're doing it. You see, sometimes when a teenager is sensing a call to, to maybe go on a mission experience or even begins to talk about some things outside themselves that they'd like to do, sometimes in discouragement we begin to talk about all the trials and, and should we really send them to that place and should we, should we really let them go with people and not go ourselves. Sometimes as they even grow older and they go to college and they begin to sense a call to to maybe vocational ministry service and, and they're in college but they're in a really good major that might make a lot of money. Sometimes we, we discourage and we say, well, go ahead and finish the course so that you can fall back on that in case the other doesn't work out. Sometimes as they begin to talk about maybe even shifting careers into a career that maybe uh, impacts people more directly than another career, however the salary might be half, what the other salary might be. Sometimes we give discouragement and saying, have you really thought this through? Not sure if you really want to go into that field. It's important that as we raise a missionary that we encourage them above all else to worship the Lord, to follow him, and to bring him to the feet of the cross. A blessing mother worships the Lord, and we can, you can read this later on, but... Hannah's prayer after he gives the child to the Lord uh, through the care of, of Eli. She doesn't go back and start crying again. She doesn't go back and start fasting again. She actually just worships the Lord. You can read her worship in chapter 2. And she just sings his praises of how great and mighty he is. Not about why, why would you allow this to happen? Why didn't you stop it and let him come and stay back with me? Listen, your children need you to worship the Lord, not worship them. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't encourage them. That doesn't mean that you don't make them feel like kings and queens. Uh, my mom actually, uh, you know, made me feel like I could conquer the world if I needed to. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about encouragement. I'm talking about the kind of lifestyle where you always lay whatever they want at their feet. And sometimes when they want things that may end up hurting them in the long run, you still will do whatever you can just to lay it at their feet. And you see child after child all of a sudden get to a point where they don't even appreciate anything anymore. And that's called the worship of the child. You know their needs, you know their desires, you know what will cause them to be raised into being a missionary that's unselfish that's what you should lay at their feet and raise them up to be. And probably the best way you can raise a missionary in that mindset as you worship the Lord is to model for them what a life of worship looks like. Not just here on Sundays, but a model of worship during the week. So my question is, how many times has your child or grandchild heard you talking about someone who's far from God that you're intentionally building a relationship with, that you're praying for, that you're hoping that God would use you to reach. You see, that's where they're going to learn it from. They're not going to just learn that from the church. They're going to learn that from your model. How many times do they hear you talk about sacrificing and giving towards something like, like even this local mission project of hunger? 
they, they need to, to watch you in action. And, uh, and I'm an evangelism director for the state of South Carolina. So I, all, all day long I'm thinking about how, how we can press people to get to those who are far from God within this state. But I want you to know I've got a mom who just this past week was in the nursing home visiting my grandmother and struck up a conversation with an 82-year-old man uh, who was um, of another faith and just began to share the gospel. Not because it's easy for her, not because she's got the gift of evangelism, but because she's doing the work of an evangelist. I've got a mom who modeled for me that she would do whatever she had to do to bend over backwards for kids who were at risk. So she modeled that for me. She'd, she'd like sacrifice her life for that. And so it's very natural for me to gravitate towards a young man and, and help him be the first in his family to go to college. It's because of that model, not because they just taught not because you just do as I say do, not as I do, but because there was a worship there of the Lord. And finally, as we uh, close up this, the last verse here in, in chapter 2, verses 20 and 21, a godly mother is blessed beyond measure. It says, the Lord was gracious to Hannah. She conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. And meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Not only is she blessed through more children, but she's blessed through the life of Samuel and what he did. I mean, check out the name of this book. <laughs> it's a pretty good place of honor. If you checked out his life, you'll see that he was, he was uh, right in the critical stage between the judges and the first the, of the first major prophets, he was in this critical stage where he anointed the first kings of Israel, Saul and David. And he was a courageous and powerful prophet. <clears throat> so when he was doing that work, and in history, you can go back to a time where a mom prayed. And so you may not be a mom here today. So what? Every one of you has a mom. She's either with the Lord today, she's not with us anymore today. Your mom may actually be here even in the midst of you here, but you have a mom today. I would challenge you not just to make your mom proud. I would challenge you to make your mom significant. Because Hannah's life is significant. Not just because of her son Samuel but because of her worship with the Lord. So as you live your life today, you want to really make your mom just excited and proud. Be that missionary that God has called you to be. Look for ways to follow Jesus and give him total surrender of your life. And then your mom will be not only proud, but she'll be also significant because there's going to come a day where you stand up with the other saints in heaven and people are filing by, talking to you about thanking you for the ministry that you did while you were on earth and getting the message of the gospel to them and making them disciples. And then they're going to ask you, they're going to say, where's your mom at? I just want to thank her for raising you to be who you are. And every one of those that would come to you filter back to, to your mom. And so as I speak and as I write around this state... I want you to know that there's, there's an evangelist back home who's praying for me every single day, and um, she's a real MVP. Thanks, Mom.
Let's pray. Father, we thank you for a time for us to gather and worship. As we go into a time of response and invitation, I pray, Lord, that you might help us to look into our own lives at how we might be able to be that missionary you've called us to be. And Father, I know that sometimes there's heartache when it comes to days like today. I realize that that there may be moms here today who have lost children. There may be moms just like Hannah who begged you for a child. There may be um, individuals here who have heartache from their family past. I, I recognize that. But Lord, your grace is sufficient in times of weakness. And Father, your love is all we need. And so as we go into a time of worship, returning towards you, let's pray, Lord, that we might look and examine our own lives at how we might be able to be that godly person that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.